first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Ethan Preston from the Sunshine State of Florida, and today we'll be talking about Better Nate Than Ever, The Adventures of Peanut and Pig, Blue's Clues, and You Blue's Big Baking Show, and The Last Glacier. And right now, we'll be interviewing Kyla on The Adventures of Peanut and Pig. Hi, Kyla. How are you doing? Great. How are you? I'm doing good. So what is this movie about? Yeah, so this movie, The Adventures of Peanut and Pig, is about uh, Gula, an island of paradise with tons of great, beautiful landforms. It's like really well animated. That's one thing I will say. Um, But for the story, um, the Gula is in danger of sinking as it did before. And panic is kind of spreading around the island. And unlike last time, Peanut, one of the main characters, doesn't have any genius inventions that can keep the island afloat. Um, So Peanut teams up with Pig to adventure across the island and try to save the day. In order to do that, Peanut and Pig have to navigate the ups and downs of their unlikely friendship. And that does set in motion a whole like fantastic storyline. And um, for this like kid friendly storyline, I will say is another thing. Well, that was interesting. And you also said you really liked um, the animation. So could you talk a bit more about that? Yeah, so the animation, I think, is one of the best parts of this movie, although it does have a lot of, like, good points. Um, It's really colorful, and on the island of Gula, it's, like, it's such a paradise, and I, like, that's my favorite part. And at the beginning, it kind of explains Gula, um, and it kind of shows all these different, like, scenes from all these different places, and it's so beautiful. There's, like, waterfalls and trees, and I actually, like, it's also so realistic. It's, like, crazy that that's animation. Sometimes I'm shocked by how things are animation and not actually, like, real places. And it sounds like you really, really like the animation. So would you have a favorite thing in this movie? It could be a part or just the animation in general. Yeah, I definitely think the animation is one of them. Also, the plot is very excellent. Like, it might be sometimes a little bit slow for, like, older kids, but for younger kids, it's, like, perfect because it's the perfect pace for them to understand everything they need to understand with what's going on. Um, It also displays, like, really important themes like friendship, and it has a lot of side plots as well that are, like, so the younger kids can focus on just the main plot, and then if there are some older kids then they can kind of focus on that as well as these other like little friendships, um, little other mysteries that are happening behind the scenes. Um, So that's definitely a good point because for me personally, like it's great when there are other things going on so that if one thing gets a little slow, you can kind of focus on another thing. So that was really great. Um, And also um, in addition to the plot, there's really good comedy and it's definitely aimed for kids. So that really keeps me entertained. if the plot is gets a little bit slow at times, it's kind of those those bursts of humor. So that's another great um, point as well. So from all the things that are making the plot better, what is the actual plot itself? Because this is a very interesting film and I would actually want to watch this. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so Gula is in danger of sinking and Peanut has no genius inventions like he did before. So he has to team up with Pig to adventure across the island and they have to try to save it from sinking as it did before. So that's kind of the main plot. And then there's all these side plots of them kind of navigating their friendship because they're very, they're kind of the opposite friends. So they kind of get into some little arguments sometimes, but that definitely makes the plot even more interesting and entertaining. And do you think the voice acting, if there were any, fit each character well in their personalities? Yeah, I think the voice acting was great. I don't really think there were any like specific people that I would say did a great job, but like, I mean, they all did a great job, but like specific people that stood out to me, um, Louis Ferreira played Peanut and Peter knew as pig. I'd say they were the um, people that kind of stood out to me a little bit, but they were kind of the main characters. You got to see a lot of them and they definitely like fit the characters. Like if you think about like, um, if the character, like how you picture them talking, it's definitely, you can hear that in that voice acting, which really, um, helps me because like, if they, if the voices fit 
the animation isn't always clear who's talking. You can like hear it based on how you imagine that character would talk. And they do do a great job of kind of showing the different emotions that the characters go through and all the different side plots as well. Like I mentioned before, the acting kind of like if they're talking about one thing and they switch to another, it is clear which one they're talking about now. And out of all the emotions, do you think you related to one of maybe the animals that had similar emotions? Um, I can't think of like a particular character that I could relate to, but overall it was pretty relatable because there were a lot of um, little conflicts that Peanut and Pig and all these other characters faced because of different friendships and stuff. And I feel like we all um, experience this in everyday life. So that kind of made the film like more interesting because I could relate to that kind of thing. But in terms of an actual character, um, Peanut was definitely pretty relatable character kind of making mistakes but overall just a great friend and I feel like most people can relate to that so he's probably the main character I would think of as being relatable but I think everything overall was just really realistic and relatable. So where can we watch this and what is your star recommendation and your age range for this film? Um, I would say ages four to eight, but like I said, there are a lot of side plots. So I think older kids could watch it if like, for example, their younger siblings were watching, I think it would still be entertaining for them. Um, I would give it four to five stars and it's available on digital release on April 5th. Well, thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Yeah, this was great. You're listening to Kids vs. Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Better Nate Than Ever, The Adventures of Peanut and Pig, Blue's Clues, and You, Blue's Big Baking Show in the last glacier. And right now, we'll switch over to Catherine's review on Better Nate Than Ever. Hey, Catherine, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. So let's get this started. What is Better Nate Than Ever about? So it is about a 13-year-old named Nate Foster, and he's a theater kid but he lives in a small town in Pennsylvania, so it doesn't satisfy his dreams of the stage. And so his friend finds out that Lilo and Stitch is becoming a musical on Broadway and they're holding auditions. So when Nate's parents go on a weekend trip out of town, Nate and his best friend run away to New York to audition. So I'm assuming they're teens since, you know, they're running away. So do you have any similarities to the teens? No, I mean, like not running away. Just <laughs> Do you think you similar to anyone? Yeah, I mean, I always I love the theater so I can re- or I can relate to Nate um, as well. But I also, you know, like to be supportive so I can also relate to his best friend Libby. It's a very relatable movie, I would say. I would hope that nobody would have like run away to go audition. (laughs) Um, But other than that, I would say it's a very, I could say it's a very relatable movie. And this sounds like a really interesting film. So do you have like a favorite part or multiple favorite parts? Well, my favorite part, this isn't a spoiler or anything because it's in the trailer, but uh, when Nate runs into his aunt who happens to live in New York, uh, his aunt and his mom are kind of distant now and they don't really talk anymore so it was kind of it was like a good scene um but he also had a lot of bonding moments with her which I thought was very nice and is there a moral because it it seems like there's a little bit of emotion there's running away to bonding yeah there there are I feel like it is to follow your dreams but you know be rational about it and also (laughs) never give up because it can you can achieve great things when you never give up. So I'd say it's, yeah. Also friendship is a very like present topic. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also you were talking a lot of, like about a lot of places. So how do you think the settings were? And do you think they really captured how it is to be in this place and that place? These settings were one of my favorite parts of this movie. They have a very like distinctive difference between like Pennsylvania and New York because I'm pretty sure they filmed they actually did film like in New York so it was accurate of course but also Nate has these scenes when he's singing like about his dreams of being on Broadway and those look like you're on this like you're watching somebody on the stage like with all of these props that are like on a stage so I feel like it was cool that they were very different all of them 
uh, yeah, I loved the sets. And I also heard you did an interview. How was that? That was really great. It was really great to, you know, actually get to know uh, the actor who plays Nate, um, Ruby. Uh, it was a very good interview and we could also relate because he's also a theater kid. So we're all theater <laughs> kids here. <laughs> and was there something about this film that stood out from the rest? I'd say the fact that I feel like there really isn't, I mean, there's like high school musical or whatever, but I feel like that's not really, that doesn't go into the process of like auditioning or doing any of that really like in detail. This really does like have, it it is like, it's very accurate to like the audition process and how lengthy and rigorous it is. And I feel like that that's what made it sit out. It was like very unique in that way. And do you think they needed to work on something or was there something good with the graphics or the filming? I'd say that everything was pretty good. Uh, Honestly, I think, yeah, it was a very good movie. It was very relatable. I don't think I really needed to work on much. I think that just the one thing is, which isn't their fault, um, is like just like how people's voices change. But that happens because puberty and whatever (laughs) so yeah that that happened so I don't think that that's their fault or anything so I don't think they really could have done anything to make this better and back on the setting topic do you think their attire and what they're wearing really fit the time or the place that they were in I mean yeah it just kind of it's basic middle schooler like outfits and just it's pretty yeah I'd say it's pretty accurate (laughs) and do you think they also did well on describing how maybe a middle schooler is like the life of him, how he thinks. I would say, I mean, they have, they have like one, like unrealistic bully, but I feel like that's kind of an every, that's going to happen <laughs> when you have any middle school movie. But I'd say that like, other than that, I'd say it was pretty accurate. And when you interviewed the uh, actor who played Nate, do you think they really matched the role with Nate? Do you think they had the same humor and everything? I would say for sure. Like, I can't really see anybody else playing Nate, probably, of course, because I haven't seen anybody else play Nate, but I would say that it was a very good uh, fit. All right. And I have two last questions for you. What is your age recommendation and star rating for this film? So I give it four out of five stars and I recommend it for ages seven to 18 and adults. I would say it's, you know, very relatable to theater kids too so that's good (laughs) well thank you for taking the time to speak with me yeah of course let's take a break i'm your host ethan Preston from the sunshine state of florida and you're listening to kids first coming attractions today's show is sponsored by daddy and film festival join online from june 13th to 20th To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First film critic boot camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart kids. Consumers. Looking for entertainment news from a kid's perspective? Tune into Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America's Empowerment Channel. The Kids First Film Critic review all the latest movies, TV shows, and digital media before they're released. Interview celebrities and share all that and more so you can make informed decisions about what you select to watch. Our reporters, ages 8 to 21, bring you a kid's perspective on media targeted for kids and families. Kids First Coming Attractions plays every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You 
are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Ethan Furston from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we will talk about Better Nate Than Ever, The Adventures of Peanut and Pig, Blue's Clues, and You Blue's Big Baking Show, and The Last Glaciers. And next up, we'll be listening to Catherine's interview with Ruby Wood on Better Nate Than Ever. Hi, I'm Catherine reporting for Kids First, and today I have the opportunity to speak with an amazing actor, Ruby Wood. Ruby Wood is a 15-year-old actor, singer, and dancer who starred in Charlie in the first national Broadway tour of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and has performed in regional theater in and around central New York. Today, we're talking with him about his title role in the highly anticipated Disney Plus musical comedy adaptation of the acclaimed novel, Better Nate Than Ever. Hi, how are you? I'm really good. How are you? I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, it's great to be here. So Nate is a very funny, nice, and slightly awkward kid. Uh, in what ways can you relate to him? Um, that's a really good question. Um, so I, I am a theater kid who grew up in a small town, just like Nate. And um, I, I, I was really lucky to be able to um, like jump right in and follow my dreams at, at a very young age. And I feel like, um, and I love a good adventure and I, I just love being able to uh, follow Nate on this journey of self-discovery. Yeah, I can relate to him in that way, too. I am kind of a theater kid, too, so I can relate to him in that way. And it's I feel like it's a very beautifully done movie. It was very enjoyable to watch. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah, of course. So this project, it really does sound like it's a blast. Like you like it sounds like it was so much fun to film. So what originally drew you to this role and how did you prepare for it? Um, Well, so I, 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 I got an email from my agent and she was like, Hey, they, they want you to audition for this. And I, I looked over the sides and, um, I was supposed to, I was supposed to do a scene and a song. And, um, I like the minute I finished recording the audition, I was like, this, this, this is really good. I, I, I felt really good about it. And, um, I was, I was just like, really, I did, I did a lot of callbacks. There was a lot, I did like a whole month and, um, and by the end, I was like, oh, my goodness, when are they when are they going to tell me they, there can't be a lot of people left. Um, and when they told me I was just I was over the moon, I was just so excited. Well, yeah, for sure. And I feel like callbacks, especially for something as big as Disney, would take a long time. And I would feel like so like, oh, are they going to pick me? What's going to happen? Exactly. Like, the anticipation. It's just crazy. <laughs> Truly. And so there are a lot of really fun and elaborate scenes, especially when you're singing like about Broadway and everything. I feel like that was a lot of fun. So yes. what were some of the most fun scenes to film? Um, well, so there's there's a there's a lot of big musical numbers and all of those were fun to film. But we got to film in the middle of Times Square, like until 3 a.m. one night. And that was probably one of the um one of the most fun things to film, but we also got to film in the new Amsterdam theater and we got to film in so many amazing places. If there's one good thing about COVID it's that nobody's anywhere. So we could kind of like film wherever, wherever we wanted. It was really amazing. Yeah. I feel like definitely with COVID, I feel like that helps sometimes, especially because I feel like New York is always crowded and everything. So having that just, it's still there, but lower is Mm -hmm. definitely a lot more helpful. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So you have some very large and might I say difficult songs to sing. I'm not really a singer, so yes. anything really impresses me, especially what you did. So how did you prepare for your singing scenes? Um, it was it was really it was really wild because it was right in the middle of when my voice was changing. So oh, no. um, <laughs> yeah, so so uh, like it was somewhat sometimes sometimes it was really difficult, but I had an amazing team of people just to support me and like just help me work through it. And it ended up being just the most fun I've ever had. Yeah. You were really incredible in all those Thank things. So I'm like, wow, I wish I could sing. Cause I, I'm not great, <laughs> but you did really amazing. So Thank you. yeah. And you have some also very talented co-stars such as Lisa Kudrow, yes. Aria Brooks and Joshua Bassett. So what was it like working with such a talented cast? 
Oh my gosh. So every, like everybody who, who worked on the set from actors to crew members and it, it, they were, they were all just the best group of people you could ever, you could ever work with Tim, Tim Federley, the director, he just really, he just like creates such an amazing environment on set. And, um, me and Aria were, were in the same hotel. We were on the same floor a couple of times. So we, we were always hanging out and, um, Josh and Lisa are both just incredible people to work with. You're listening to kids first coming attractions. Today, we're talking about better Nate than ever the adventures of peanut and pig blues clues and you blues big baking show and the last glaciers and right now we're going to continue Catherine's interview with ruby wood on better nate than ever it's i feel like it sounds like so much fun especially like with you and uh aria because you know you're supposed to be like besties in the film yes. and i would say that staying on the same level same hotel i feel like yes. that would definitely help a lot absolutely and, yeah and you mentioned uh tim federley so yeah he's the writer of the novel and the writer of the movie and director he's he's a lot of lot of things <laughs> so he's also produced like and written such big films such as like high school musical the musical the series ferdinand so many yes. so many cool things so yes. can you share any like specific stories about working with mr federley um well he he's just the most bubbly person and um we we just we we got along so well and uh his like his directing style is really amazing in the way that like he he's like even even just like the way that he words things it just makes so much sense and it's he's he's just incredible and um it, it was it was just amazing experience and he's done so many other things so i feel yeah. like it would be so cool like to relate to him with that because he's also a theater kid too yes. so i feel like that's also fun because he can relate to the story because you know it's kind of his book is se uh, semi-autobiographical yes. so it's always nice that you know he's there too <laughs> right 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 it yeah it, it definitely it definitely helped because he could he could really um one of the reasons i think he was he was so like incredible um at directing like this story specifically is because it is semi autobiographical and um i i'm and and he could he could kind of be like uh he could kind of push me in the right direction as like what what he wanted uh to see and it was i i'm just really honored to be able to tell his story in this way for sure and i always feel like it's great if you have the writer of the novel also like write and yeah. direct because you don't want to like completely botch it right right yeah and so Nate, like as we've mentioned a lot, is has a back or is in theater. So how did your uh, background in theater help you with this role? Um, well, when I was uh, when I was six years old, I did my first uh, community theater production um, and it was uh, a production of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And for like some incredible reason, I got the role of Charlie when I was six years old um, yeah. and I, I I just absolutely loved theater from that moment on. And that's that's kind of where my heart is. So to be able to make my film debut and be able to do like Broadway songs and have it be about that thing that I love so much was just, it was just really magical. I'm sure. And actually it's kind of funny because at our school we're doing uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory musical Great Junior. <laughs> so it's, I feel like I was like, oh, that's so cool that, you know, they're yeah. doing that yes <laughs> and okay so what was it like because i know this would be very hard especially with filming like a huge movie but what was mm -hmm. it like juggling school and filming at the same time it was okay so that's a really great question too it was it was really it, it was difficult at sometimes um but uh my my teacher uh her name was amy wolk so i've been homeschooled my entire life to give you a little backstory so uh there was a tutor and uh, she was on zoom with me and aria and um whenever we had like a five minute break or a 10 minute break when the scene was turning around we would we would hop on zoom and do like 10 minutes of school with her so it was it was really it was really crazy but it was it was also a lot of fun because she was amazing yeah i feel like it sounds like a very crammed day like it was it yeah. definitely was <laughs> so can you give us like a day in the life of filming uh on set yeah 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 so um depending on uh when the call time was it it was it was it was kind of different every day um but usually we woke up uh in the morning we got ready and we left for set 
and um, there would be uh, a a guy that would take us to uh, the set wherever wherever we were filming because it was all on location. So we were in a different spot every day, and um, we would we would like go through the scenes that we needed to film that day. Um, me and Aria would uh, run them, and we would go to the uh, hair and makeup trailer, and I would get my uh, costume on, and then we would head over to set and film all day. Yeah, I feel like it sounds so fun. It also seems really hectic, but fun all yeah. the while. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it was definitely it was definitely a little chaotic, but in the best way possible. Exactly. So Nate makes some major changes throughout this film. What do you hope that audiences, uh, especially kids in theater, will take away from watching this? I I really hope that it uh, inspires kids to um, just truly like embrace and love who they are. And um, I, I hope that people can see from watching this film that no matter where you are, what your situation is, there will always be at least one person who is there for you and who will love and support you. Exactly. And I feel like I loved the message from this movie. I feel like it was so it's kind of, it's really relevant too, especially for, you know, people who are acting or doing theater or singing or anything in the entertainment yeah. stand <laughs> area. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you. Be sure to watch Better Nate Than Ever when it releases on April 2nd, 2022 on Disney+. Plus. I'm Catherine reporting for Kids First. Please be sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you don't miss our next interview or those of our awesome team members. Bye. <laughs> Let's take a break. I'm your host, Ethan Preston from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Daddying Film Festival. Join online from June 13th through 20th. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First film critic boot camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Ethan Purston from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Better Nate Than Ever, The Adventures of Peanut and Pig, Blue's Clues, and you, Blue's Big Baking Show, and The Last Glaciers. And next up, we'll be listening to Gianna's interview with Caroline, from Blue's Clues and You, Blue's Big Baking Show. Hi, I'm Yana Pointer for Kids First, and today I have the chance to speak with singer, songwriter, playwright, and actress, Carolyn Fay, who plays Josh's Lola on Blue's Clues and You, Blue's Big Baking Show, which released on DVD February 22nd, 2022. Carolyn Fay has just released four albums and is an actor known for her work in Mother, Condor, and Calperna, which she had received the Toronto Critics Award for Best Supporting Actress in a Play. 
Today, we're going to talk about her role on Blue's Four Clues and you, Blue's Big Baking Show. Well, Carolyn, there are many different aspects of this show, like the colors and variety of characters. How did you prepare? Um, what do you think will draw kids to this show? I think kids will like this show because of the diversity, the acceptance and inclusion of all cultures and all kinds of people and characters, too. I think that's the big thing of the, about the show. show. You know, on big platforms, I mean, platforms now like Netflix and Disney Plus and Hulu and all that, they have very diverse shows and their cartoons, which all children really like. Oh, yeah, there's a lot. Times have changed. Now we see people of color and, and, and cartoons. We we hear different accents, too. Right. Yeah. I think that's so cool in all kinds of cartoons and, and even regular shows. I love seeing that. Me too. Um, what attracted you to the role of Lola? Um, I'm just a working actor and we have to do auditions to get our roles. And I, I in the beginning, I had no clue it was for Blue's Clues. <laughs> I just did the audition and it was during when I got called back to do the audition and Josh was in the room and we were in the green room. That's when I clued in and I thought, oh, my goodness, this is Blue's Clues. And when I when they offered me the role of Lola of grandma, I was ecstatic. It was fun. It was great. I was jumping up and down at home. <laughs> I mean, surprises are pretty great, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yes. You have lots of experiences as an actor, but you haven't really worked on children's shows. How did you prepare for this role of Lola? Ah, I really had to work hard. I did a lot of research. Um, I know of Blue's Clues because I have a very young sister who used to watch Steve. So I went back to the old Steve shows of Blue's Clues. And then um, I had to do just change my my vocabulary because it is children, um, and, but kept 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 things real, stayed myself throughout it. Yeah. I mean, if this a sequel, like there are a bunch of sequels of other shows, looking back on uh, the previous kinds are really helpful, like what you did. Yeah, yeah. And thank goodness they were there because I would know where to reference from. And I'm glad Steve was there, Joe was there. So I could, I, I actually saw the history of the whole evolution of Blue's Clues. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Better Nate Than Ever, The Adventures of Peanut and Pig, Blue's Clues and You, Blue's Big Baking Show, and The Last Glaciers. And right now, we're continuing Gianna's interview with Caroline Fay on Blue's Clues and You, Blue's Big Baking Show. Um, you recently wrote an article titled Three Strikes, Older Women of Color in the Entertainment Industry. Yes. How is it important for kids to see diverse characters such as Lola in this TV show? Very important. Very important. Um, I like this question, Jana. It's because just because we get we're getting old, it doesn't mean we have to sit back on our chairs and do nothing. We grandmas, grandpas, abuelas, lolas, we have so much life in us to do so many things. So I'm glad you read that article. Thank you, Jenna. That really touches me. <laughs> I mean, just because you're growing old doesn't mean you have to stop doing what you love. Exactly. We got to keep going, follow our passions. And I know you follow your passion. <laughs> yes, I really do. Yes, you do. <laughs> In what ways are you similar or different from Lola? Um, the only difference is in real life, I don't have grandchildren, but the play, the playing, the giggling, that's me. <laughs> that's me. Um, what was your favorite part about filming this episode? Oh my, everything, every single 
second I was I was with the crew, with Josh, with the director. I loved everything about it. The, the whole production team and Joshi, it feels like family. And they call me Lola. When it's break time, they call me Lola. I love it. It's always nice to have fun on set and feel like you're a family because it just brings you closer and it makes the acting more realistic. Yes, yes, so true, so true. And finally, oh, wait, no. How does this show differ from other things you have worked on? Ah, this, oh, you asked the tough questions, Jenna. This show really pushes the diversity and inclusion subject. Um, other shows do, but, but this is right up into the camera's face and it's reaching out to, to the children, to the audience. This is a very powerful show. Yeah. I think it's important to have powerful shows because it just gives out the message right away and kids yes. like, take it. Look. Exactly, exactly. And finally, what do you want audiences to take away from watching this show? Ah, I want young ladies, young women to see how powerful Lola is because that power is in each and every young lady out there. Um, you know, there are things that you you will see that Lola does. I can't talk about it too much right now because it's coming. You, you got to stay tuned. But being Lola, being a woman of color on screen representing is a powerful thing. And I hope all the young ladies out there are listening to it and watching her because they're gonna be it. Yeah, that's a great message. And now that you said that, I'm gonna take it with me. Thank you, thank you. I think you're spreading the message already. Thank you. Thank you for talking with me today. I just spoke with Carolyn Faye about her role as Lola on the new DVD, Blue's Clues and You, Blue's Big Baking Show. This DVD is available now, so go check it out. I'm Gianna Reporter for Kiss First. Make sure you like and subscribe to our channel so you don't miss my next interview, review, or one of those of our awesome teammates. See you next time. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Ethan Purston from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids vs. Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Daddy Ink Film Festival. Join online from June 13th to 20th. entertainment news from a kid's perspective tune into kids first coming attractions on voice america's empowerment channel the kids first film critic review all the latest movies tv shows and digital media before they're released interview celebrities and share all that and more so you can make informed decisions about what you select to watch our reporters ages 8 to 21 bring you a kid's perspective on media targeted for kids and families kids first coming attractions plays every sunday at 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Ethan Purston from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Better Nate Than Ever, The Adventures of Peanut and Pig, Blue's Clues, and you, Blue's Big Baking Show, in The Last Glaciers. And next up, we'll be listening to Natalia's and Madeline's interview with director Craig Leeson on The Last Glaciers. Hi, I am Natalia and joining me is Madeline. We are reporting for Kids First. 
Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with legendary award-winning filmmaker, Craig Leeson. Mr. Leeson is an award-winning filmmaker, journalist, TV presenter, and CEO of Leeson Media and Ocean Vista Films, plus founder of I Shot Hong Kong Film Festival. He is the director and producer of the powerful and breathtaking documentary, The Last Glaciers, which opens in select IMAX theaters March 22nd, 2022. Thank you, Mr. Leeson, for joining us on the show. It's a privilege to be here. Thank you for having me. What compelled you to take a long and dangerous journey to make this film? That's a really good question to start with. We didn't start to make a film about the climate. We actually were making a documentary film on an extreme sport called para-alpinism, which is a sport that combines mountain climbing and ice climbing and paragliding. But when we went to film in the Alps in the middle of winter, it should have been white and covered with snow, and it wasn't. It was brown. There was no snow, and the glaciers that exist in that area were all moving up the mountain. They were receding or actually dying because they were melting, and the temperatures were really warm. And when we went to find out about why it was happening, the locals, the people who work in the mountains, were telling us that this had been happening for decades and so I spoke to scientists who confirmed that in fact mountains were getting warmer and there was being less snow every year and when we investigated it we found that climate was responsible and that the climate was changing very rapidly and that humans were responsible for that change so we decided to move the documentary from being focused on extreme sports to being focused on the climate because we thought it was a much more important story to tell. That is so cool. <laughs> it definitely is. I'm going to agree with Madeline on that. I think it's it's actually something like a message you can take away. Like, you never know um, what to expect, and many journeys change along the way. But that's actually pretty interesting to make sure that you switch gears like that so suddenly. And Mr. Leeson, actually, one memorable moment for me is when your partner states, um, and we're at the moment where wrong, wrong step will result in death. And this was fairly in the beginning of the film, and it just really set a tone of how dramatic and serious this is. How did you deal with that type of concern, especially since you mentioned you have trouble with heights to begin with? Yeah, I'm an oceans guy, so climbing mountains isn't what I'm used to. And that's because I do have this fear of heights. I can stand on a balcony in a building and look down and it makes my stomach go all giddy. Um, so it was something that I wanted to overcome, but we wanted to take the audience with us into the mountains and to watch and be part of my training. I trained for 12 months in order to be able to do this. And so we wanted to make sure that the audience, as well as myself, understood how serious this was. We were in very critical situations. We're standing on tiny little ridges this wide and either side there are these massive drops some you know uh, 15,000 feet below and so we it was it was a serious situation but we thought it was worth the risk and that it was something that we should make as part of the story because we thought that there was a metaphor between the risk that we were taking to make the film that was very similar to the metaphor of the risk we all face as humans if we don't find the solutions and implement solutions. Well, I would definitely agree with you. I think I felt, I understood the severity of what you guys were attempting and just itself, it does make someone scared and I'm at home watching it. So I can, I can only imagine the fear of doing that. And I also have a big fear of heights. I just, I just can't at all. So, you know, great job for doing that. And you Mr. Leeson, while filming in the French Alps, you paraglide for the first time. What was that like for you? Paragliding for the first time is quite scary. Uh, when you jump off the mountain and the only thing to protect you is the paraglider and it just looks like a big handkerchief above you with these strings and you're in a harness, you have to really trust your equipment. And it's something that takes a little bit of getting used to. So the very first time I paraglided, I was really scared because I kept feeling like I was going to fall out of the harness. And you feel very exposed. It's not like being in an aircraft where you're surrounded by metal. You are actually exposed to the elements and every little breath of wind, it affects the paraglider, moves you around. So to begin with, it was quite scary, but you get used to it. 
And after a while, you actually start to enjoy the challenge that paragliding uh, provides. That is, um, must have been so scary for the first time. It was for the first time, yes. And we actually got into some difficulty while we were filming because we got into some very rough weather and we had to get the paraglider down uh, in, a, in a very inhospitable place. We had a lot of rocks around. So it's been a very challenging sport um, to master, but it's, uh, we wanted to include that because we thought that would provide excitement uh, to the film and people would go and see the film that normally would see a film about climate change they'd come along because they'd be interested in all of the extreme sports that we show in the film yeah you're listening to kids first coming attractions today we're talking about better nate than ever the adventures of peanut and pig blues clues and you blues big baking show and the last glaciers and right now we'll continue natalia's and madeline's interview with director craig leeson on the glass glaciers well, I would agree with Madeline. I think sometimes we maybe don't get how crazy a plan is until we take it on. And you climb to the highest altitude you have ever been in the dark where just a days before a group of hikers were killed. How did you prepare yourself for that climb? Well, it, it, there was years of preparation. So we took 12 months to train me. I had the world's best mountaineers, the best ice climbers, uh, Malcolm, the other producer who's also in the film, and he's the expert guy who's doing a lot of the piloting. Uh, he taught me a lot of these skills, as did Dave Turner, who's also in the film. And we took a lot of time to make sure I was prepared for it. So there was, we, we didn't really risk anything. We knew what we were getting into. And the biggest challenge wasn't just getting ourselves to the top of these very tall mountains, but it was also carrying all of the cinematic equipment because we had about a quarter of a ton of equipment, these big, heavy cinematic cameras and all these batteries. And this equipment doesn't like cold weather. So it was a challenge to keep it working, to get it, first of all, into these big mountain areas, and then to unpack it, put it together and get it to work. Uh, we had the batteries failed on us quite often because they don't like the cold. So we'd have to keep the batteries under our arms, we'd strap them around our body just to keep them warm in the clothing that we were wearing so that they'd be ready to go when we needed to film. So there are a lot more challenges as a filmmaker than just simply the activities that we engaged in. You and your team traveled to many remote places to make this film. What types of food did you eat there? That's a very good question. We. The great thing about traveling is you get to eat all kinds of different food from local cultures. So when we're in Peru, we ate a lot of, in the Andes, we ate a lot of Peruvian food, which included a lot of local vegetables, a lot of root vegetables. And we had one family that actually, in fact, the, the guy who was our expedition leader, uh, he and his parents, made a special dinner for us where they get all of these vegetables and they cook them underground. They dig a, dig, dig a big hole in the ground and they put hot rocks and then they put all the vegetables and food on the top and they cover it back up and they cook it for about four hours and then they uncover it and all the food is cooked. It's got this beautiful earthy flavour to it. Uh, we also ate... Uh, Nepalese food when we're in the Himalaya because we climbed from the Nepalese side and Malcolm the producer is actually a food expert he owns restaurants all over the world so he also did some cooking for us um, in the base camps that we're at using local products and working with the local uh, chefs so we ate very well and it's important that you eat well and you eat very healthily because you burn a lot of calories when you're up in altitude and your body consumes a lot of calories and so it needs a lot of energy and, a, and that means a lot of food. So you, you eat a lot and you eat small meals, but you eat very regularly. That is so cool that they actually made dinner for you. <laughs> so you traveled to Antarctica. Here I go, Madeline. Hopefully I don't get it wrong. Himal Himalayas. <laughs> All right, I got Madeline knows how much I struggle with that word. The Alps and the Andes, and you and the loss of glacial ice and the impact of climate change. 
how did meeting all those different people in many different environments affect your outlook on climate change? Yeah, that's a really good question. And we traveled to so many different places. In fact, we traveled to 12 countries in four years because we wanted to find out if this was a problem that people all over the world were experiencing. And that's what we found. Everywhere we went in mountain environments, climate change was impacting local communities. And in some places, people actually had to migrate. They had to leave their homes and move somewhere else because there was no more water in the villages where they were. And we wanted to tell their story, but we wanted them to tell their story. And we wanted people to hear their personal stories from a local perspective rather than us trying to tell that. So that's why we went to meet these uh, different people from different cultures in different mountains. Um, so we could hear about their struggles uh, and learn a lot about what's actually happening on the ground to real people in these real environments. And you see and hear what they have to say in the last glaciers. And I think that's very important to hear the personal stories of people being most affected. It's actually pretty interesting. I feel like meeting people who actually live in that in their daily lives, some perspective from them because you don't understand the daily struggles or things that they've seen before. So it's like, wow, I didn't, I didn't know this. And you can learn a few things from the locals. So that's actually really interesting. Thanks for sharing that. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Leeson, for creating and sharing this terrific climate action film. The Last Glaciers opens in select IMAX theaters March 22nd, 2022. I'm Madeline. Holly reporting for Kids for. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you can watch other talent interviews and film reviews by Madeline and myself and our other awesome teammates. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids vs. Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids vs. Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press4Kids, KidsWorld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Daddy and Film Festival. Join online from June 13th to 20th. I'm your host, Ethan Preston from the Sunshine State of Florida, reporting for Kids First, signing off. Goodbye. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.